Homer, uh, lovely to meet you. Um, we haven't met before, so uh, where are you based? Hi, Jeff. Um, we're in Santa Cruz in California, and uh, the weather's lovely today. That's a good thing. <laughs> uh, fantastic. As usual, it's uh, raining wind here. <laughs> That's what I'm I would have expected you to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm very happy for you. Um, Homer, just looking at um, your website and everything, it, it seems to me that most of your life revolves around boats and ships. Yeah, that's, I've been really, really fortunate in life, Jeff. I, I love them. I dreamed about them when I was a little kid before nobody else in my family has anything to do with it. Um, and that's always been the fantasy mode for me is to go sailing and I'm lucky to have lived out my dream. And how long have you been doing that? I mean, uh, you're um, a skipper, uh, a teacher. What's your involvement with boats and ships? Um, well, I, I began a professional life at it in 1979. I had uh, That's when I got my license from the U.S. Coast Guard and such. And I had been earning a few dollars doing it for a few years before that. And... Uh, I, I make a few bucks here and there on other things, but mostly that's what I've been doing since 1979. Lovely. Nice way to live. Yeah, it's, well, it, it is good. Like I say, it's my childhood dream and I feel incredibly fortunate to have followed that. Um, but most people would be surprised how much real work goes into this stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Boating is is not easy. It's just fantastic to do, I and mean, it's wonderful to do. But as you're saying, it's not easy. It's rewarding because that's, like I said, that's my dream, and and um, and it's taken me a lot of incredible places and meet some amazing people. I was looking at um, your founder of Clean Oceans International. Uh, yeah, Jeff. In in. Um, in 2000, well, gosh, to go back, I, I, I've done a couple of educational programs, and at the end of getting the, the last one set up for the Monterey Bay Aquarium, I took a couple years break to work with my dad, and uh, that was an incredible opportunity. We built a, a house, and he lived in there later, and I was very happy about that. And uh, then I had a chance to do a, a sailing delivery, uh, which is one of the things, and I, I, I took a boat called 2041 down from um, San Diego, down through the Panama Canal and up to Massachusetts. Um, and excuse me, I'll plug myself in here. Uh, and that's actually what inspired me to start working on the plastics thing. Uh, just after going through the Panama Canal, uh, we stopped because there was a hurricane in our path and we didn't want to mix it up with them. So we stayed in Panama for a few extra days and off on a little tiny postage stamp of an island that was absolutely covered with plastic trash. Uh, I took inspiration to see if there was something I could do. Um, when I got home from that trip, uh, connected with a few other folks and uh, the organization came up first as the Clean Oceans Project. And then a couple of years later, um, most of the other, well, all of the other crew uh, went to greener pastures, definitely. Uh, and uh, I, I stuck around and, and uh, the organization morphed into Clean Oceans International within a couple of years. And, and so far, so good. 
one of the things that caught my eye reading about uh, that was a machine that converts ocean plastic into fuel. I mean, that sounds quite incredible. Uh, can you tell us a bit more about that? Sure. And, and uh, that has become basically the centerpiece of uh, our, our concepts, what we hope to do. And, uh, and it, let me clarify for sure that it, it's not just ocean plastic that it'll convert. It's plastic waste in general. And our idea right now is to shrink that technology. Currently, it's mostly, it's most common uh, about the size of a, a football stadium or so. A huge operation processing 100 tons a day. And that's great. However, most of the world doesn't have access to that. And so that's what we've been doing is trying to shrink the size of it uh, and the cost of it. And, um, and, and uh, we're not actually doing it ourselves. We're trying to work with uh, engineering types and, and that sort of thing anywhere we can uh, to learn how to do it and promote the idea that they could make them in what we call portable plastic to fuel conversion so that any size community anywhere on the planet then would have a method of um, dealing with their plastic waste. How close do you think you are to achieving that? Well, the, it's really nice that the, the technology is something we don't have to invent. Uh, we've made, we've had a couple of uh, small, you know, micro even sized converters uh, made. We currently have three converters. Uh, uh, the tiniest one is, uh, gosh, I guess about eight inches by eight inches. And, and then the, the cooling chamber is about 12 inches tall. And that's the smallest one. Uh, the second one is uh, the, our friend uh, Nakajima-san in Japan built, um, and it's about the size of a, an older model la uh, desktop computer. Uh, and then the third one is uh, about the size of a, a large picnic table or so, uh, and that will process about 10 pounds per hour. So the technology works. Um, now we're trying to get our machines kind of redone so that the, we can certify the safety. Our new partner, Oregon State University, is doing that when COVID settles down and lets them back in the classroom. Uh, and so it's actually basically ready to go. And, and uh, what we need to do now is create a market uh, for it so that anyone who wants to manufacture it will be able to earn a living by doing so. Right. Ah, fingers crossed for you. I mean, yeah, what an amazing thing to achieve. I mean, how many people uh, globally are actually working with you on this? That's a, that's a really interesting question. Um, so we've, at the moment, we've got about a dozen people in our office and such, and we're all volunteers. Uh, we've had two or three dozen at different times with uh, the different student programs and such that we've got. Um, we've got our partners at, uh, at Oregon State. Um, again, uh, Nakajima-san over in Japan and his group. Uh, and we've managed to kind of darken the doorsteps of people in a number of different countries that 
are all interested in what we're trying to achieve and are basically kind of on standby waiting for us to get it done. <laughs> yeah. You know, pl plastic pollution, it, it, it's um, shamedly, it's part of our everyday lives now. Um, do you think we're ever going to win this battle um, of, of this plastic legacy uh, within generations to come? Or do you think it'll last longer than that? Well, you know, it, it, that's, a, that's a great question. And, and one of the things that I believe is relevant is that people don't really understand that plastic has been around for about one human generation. You know, it was kind of invented, if you will, uh, developed uh, about 100 years ago. And um, approximately 60 years ago, 65 years ago or so, when I was just a baby, um, is when the plastic revolution basically began. And uh, Life magazine had a cover story called uh, Throwaway Living, I believe. Yeah, Throwaway Living. And showing a housewife with dishes and forks up in the air and I don't have to do the dishes anymore. And that's really when it began. So it, it took one human lifetime and most of the people on the planet to create the mess that we're in. I would be surprised if we could really turn it completely around in anything less than that and with any less cooperation than that. That is, I think it's gonna be 60, or 80 more years before we're out of the woods, if you will. Um, and it's going to require cooperation from everywhere, every, basically every person on the planet. Yes, of course. Can you just explain for people that don't know, um, what is it about plastic that is so harmful? I know that's a very broad question and the big answer, but just generally it's actually rather simple and um you know in this type of i'll call it industry if you will the the nonprofit industry and such doing anything environmental one of the things that we get caught up in is we need little taglines and things to get people interest and one of them is that plastic is forever and that that's its benefit and its detriment all at the same time um if you build something out of plastic, you can be pretty self-assured that that's going to be around and protect your food or protect the, your car or, or your phone or your computer for a long time. Eventually, it kind of breaks up or whatever and you dispose of it. And that's when the problems begin is that we have little to no infrastructure for actually managing our plastic waste. And... Through our research, if you will, it seems obvious that the reason that that is is because there's no value in it. There's no um, there's no financial incentive to do anything, and that's basically at the core of what we're trying to do is is provide an opportunity for these small scale plastic to fuel converters to be in any sized community uh, because. A, they want to clean up the plastic, uh, and B, or maybe it's the other way around. A, they want to make a dime. They want to make a nickel. They want to make a dollar. 
And if you collect an arm load of plastic and take it, take 10 pounds of plastic and you put it into one of these things, you'll end up with uh, um, a gallon of fuel. And that has a very distinct monetary, you know, value. And that we believe will um, motivate people to deal with it, whether they're concerned about the environment or not. They, they, you know, everybody needs to pay the rent and put food on the table. And in most of the places where plastic is a real problem, um, they are generally the places where the economics are also a problem. Um, you know, developing countries and, and the third world, as they say. And so there, the, uh, a dollar is worth more to many of the folks at that uh, economic strata. And so the motivation is greater. And that's, that's basically the whole concept in a nutshell. If we make caring, uh, dealing with plastic waste um, financially attractive, we have faith in humanity that they'll go out looking for that dollar and uh, the, the planet will benefit. Yeah, and that comes right down to the individual as well, doesn't it? It always does, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, and, and then collectively it requires a lot of us individuals uh, to be able to motivate the governments of our particular countries to take um, legislative action and, you know, governmental action to make that easier for people to deal with it. Yeah. Are you spending much time at sea these days? Uh, lately we're doing just like everybody else and watching a lot of video at home and uh, <laughs> working in the garden and uh, yeah. getting in and out of the grocery store as quickly as we can. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that's a horrible. So we, we've got a, a boat that's in, that we're trying to make uh, um, involved in this whole program. And we just had to basically tie it up at the dock and, um, wait it out until it's time to put people on board and go do this stuff again. Yeah, it may be very soon. I mean, t tell me, what is it that you love about the oceans that's, that's driven you to dedicate your life to it? Um, it's, the, the oceans have been incredibly significant in my life. They've been uh, entertainment for sure ever since I was a little kid, just splashing in the water, surfing, diving sailing for fun and then of course you know when i um got into my early 20s is when i got my uh my licensing and such and, and then i began to earn a living at it um it was the place that i would go to collect my thoughts uh just stare out over the horizon and let you know uh, my heart rate go down for whatever was going on in my life at the time so it's um it's just been kind of everything and I've been fortunate enough to be raised in a seaside town and and uh, visit many of them in the course of my work. Yeah, the, people don't quite realize how therapeutic the, the ocean is. I mean, just to stand and look at it, it yeah. it's a great stress buster, it's a wonderful thing. People fly from anywhere in the world, they drive from all over the country and everything to come to the coast just to look at it and so there must be something that they've all figured out huh yeah absolutely i believe you're also involved with um educate very various environmental education programs 
Yeah, again, there's, there's uh, you know, an amazing opportunity that I've had. Um, again, doing what I love made it really easy to get completely into it. Um, I, I learned a lot of things that the average person never hears about because unless you go to see, uh, these are mysteries. And, um, and then so I began working on uh, the U.S. East Coast um, and in the Caribbean, uh, teaching, uh, I guess, nautical themed education, uh, worked on uh, scientific research vessels and, uh, really became kind of enamored of that job. I loved working with the scientists. I loved seeing the marine life and seeing the mysteries of the ocean, whether I ever figured out what was going on or not, but just being witness to some of the strange things that can go on out there. And, uh, and so, yeah, it's, it's been an incredible opportunity um, and to work on other people's programs uh, and then to watch um, young people, especially develop um, during the process of a voyage. Uh, I was fortunate enough to do one voyage in 1989 uh, from New York City to Bermuda, we picked up all the students in Bermuda, sailed across the Atlantic to the Azores, and then on into the Mediterranean. Um, and we would do a few weeks at sea and then make a landfall and then do a few weeks of schooling on board the vessel while we are in port. And it was an incredible opportunity for the students, but also for the teachers and the, for the boat crew, we learned so much and it was so incredibly inspirational to me at the, uh, at the end of the trip to see the changes in the young people and then to see them again 10 years later. And they weren't, you know, little kids anymore. These were young adults that had um, businesses and husbands and wives and families and such. And every one of them said that the voyage that we took together had changed their lives. And... And it makes me cry to think about it. It was such a beautiful thing to experience and incredibly rewarding for me as well as for them. So again, it's every time I get involved in something like this, the rewards are way larger than any kind of paycheck could ever. Yeah, that's, that's lovely. That, that's really nice. Homer, it's been great talking to you. Um, I wish you all the success with the project and it keeps going and keeps growing. Um, can people become involved with um, Clean Oceans International? Well, that's, that's a challenge for us at the moment. Um, we have had different volunteer programs in the past. Um, there's a lot of management of those programs that's required when, if you're going to do it right. And right at the moment, we've just kind of put, again, just like most people around the planet, we've kind of put most of that stuff on hold. Um, we're not putting groups of people together in the same place right at these days and such. And so a lot of what we're doing right at the moment is just um, preparing for the future. And we need to get our um, organizational things figured out. Um, we've been working as all volunteer 
for the whole t- duration of our program, a little over 10 years now. And it's time for us to go professional. So we need right now, fundraising is the big thing that we need to l- learn and execute. Uh, certainly, we're happy, delighted to have contributions, financial contributions. If there are people that um, have a professional talent that they'd like to share with us, please get in touch with us through the website, cleanoceansinternational.org. Um, and let, let us know what it is you're thinking. Uh, and, you know, we, we need engineers, we need web developers, we, we need assistance in a lot of things, but uh, we don't have, I could say, outside beach cleanup type programs going on right at the moment. No, indeed, indeed. Homer, again, thank you very much. And, um, yeah, I'll say, I'll say goodbye for now. Really appreciate your interest in what we're doing. Uh, again, look us up on the website. Uh, if you've got questions or answers, uh, get in touch. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll keep learning every day. Thank you. Thanks again, Herma. Bye for now. Aloha. Bye.